Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the Word. God bless you. So I want to uh, introduce you a little bit to who Richie and I are, just because, you know, Mother's Day, there's lots of mixed uh, emotions and everybody has a different journey. And, and you know, we sat down and we said, there's things about our story that we wish were never really a part of our story. Thank you, team. Um, but I wanted to just give a little bit of context because, you know, through our lives, you know, hopefully we, we're going to touch many of your circumstances this morning. But Richie um, was widowed in his uh, late 30s. His first wife passed away suddenly and he found himself as a single dad with a, a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And in that season of his life, he was in corporate leadership. He was flying around the world. He had a lot of responsibility. And yet he felt that he had to lay that down for the season because he had two boys that had just lost their mom and he needed to step into the gap and he pivoted. You know, he took the skill sets and you know what it's like to pivot. He took the skill sets that he had in this lane and began to go in another lane and God has flourished and blessed him even in that. In my mid-30s, I went through a broken marriage and, you know, my boys at that point were six and eight. So we met uh, at a primary school. So we call ourselves primary school sweethearts. We, we, our kids were we sit, waiting outside, the, we call it the pick-up bench at school, where you go to pick your kids up. We met there. And, you know, and just an incredible friendship. And Richie, being the teacher that he is, was trying to help me pick my life back up and get me moving in the right direction. He's the forever coach in my life, always believing that I'll do, go better and go further. And I thank you for that. But, you know, we... We've been married now for 14 years. So in our story, we've got a blended family. We've got the step-parent story. Any step-parents here this morning? I got you. I got you back. It's all right. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. Whatever lane, whatever season you're in, and we are now empty nesters. Any empty nesters in the room? Yeah, that's a whole other lane, right? When your kids are out. So somewhere in this, in this time that we have together this morning, I just pray that the Holy Spirit ministers to you. I got a word for you today. And it's, um, you know, throughout those seasons, there have been plenty of opportunities to feel overwhelmed. Overwhelmed when my marriage fell apart, overwhelmed with grief, overwhelmed with loss, overwhelmed with being a single parent, overwhelmed with being a stepmother. That was not an easy assignment on my life. You know, and even being empty nesters, having to trust God with our kids that are in all different countries. We have them in the UK. And in fact, Nicholas is about to graduate next week from uh, the British Navy basic training. He's about to launch into the Navy. And we are so, so proud of him. But there was a lot of touch and go in Nicholas's life. But Jesus, right? But Jesus, there was a lot of touch and go. And we have two in Chicago right now and we have one in Australia. So we, we understand what it is to be empty nesters and to have to release our children to God in, in an all, whole other level. So I haven't come this morning with a word on seven steps to perfect children. 
In fact, if you figure that out, come and, come and let me know. So Richie and I are pretty good marketers. We could probably help you out with that. But I'm just saying, this is not seven steps for perfect children. Instead, I'm going to take a lesson from King David from Psalm 61 verses 1 to 4. And if you have your Bibles, you can open, the, open your Bible to Psalm 61 verses 1 to 4. And David says here, he says, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been a shelter for me, a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle forever and I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You know, over the past few years, there has been a lot of shift, a lot of transition that we've all had to adapt in. Some people called it homeschooling for a lot of our mums. Last night I learned from beautiful Lindsay, it was called crisis schooling. (laughs) where you had to step in and do something that you didn't know how to do before. And that could have felt overwhelming, right? For for us, we didn't have young children. It was more that we had to watch our adult children uh, go into isolation. So when the UK locked down and Nicholas was was sent home and he couldn't work because at that point in time he was in the hospitality and he was just told, I don't know, first of all, it was six weeks or eight weeks it was, and he was at home. He couldn't even do the things he loved. He's, he was there for rugby. He couldn't play the sports that he loved and he literally was isolated. Our kids in Chicago, our first, uh, my first son, Chris, moved to Chicago at the end of 2019 and then Chicago lockdowns were crazy and we watched. He didn't even have a chance, right, to establish community. He didn't have a chance to get into a church. And for two years, he's really learned how to be alone, right? So now we got a whole other dynamic that as a mom, I'm like, all right, how do we bring him out of that? And if you've got adult parents that have been in that, you know what I'm talking about. But we've had to, we've had to learn how to navigate unfamiliar seasons. And I want to say as mothers that those seasons are never going to go away. There's always going to be a new season and a new level that God is going to call us to rise up into. And it's It's not, you know, we can get through one. I remember when your kids are are little, you know, that you can feel overwhelmed. And in fact, when Kristen was born, he was my firstborn and I read the book, right? Anybody else read the book that said your kids are going to sleep, you know, through the night after six weeks, if you did A, B and C. Anyone else read that back? It was called Baby Wise. Let me help you out. Baby Wise. And it was like, it was like my Bible. And I, religiously, every day I'm feeding, recording, I fed him at this time. And then I put him down to sleep. And I'm trying, this is going to work. Six weeks, my little boy is going to go to sleep. Well, six weeks came. And he was not sleeping during the night. Seven weeks came and he's not sleeping during the night. And I'm going, but the book said, it said if I did this and this. And at eight weeks and one night I thought, well, I'm going to try that controlled crying thing. Anyone? Anyone know about it, right? You just let him cry it out. Sounds very compassionate, right? Control crying. So then he's, he's crying, and I don't know how long it was for, but, you know, if he was a mum, it probably felt forever. It might have only been a few minutes. But, you know, I could the tone changed, and it went to from crying to this whimper. I jump out of bed, and here's my little boy. Snot everywhere. He was so congested from all the tears, and he's, he's whimpering. And I thought, I'm going to kill this child. So I turn the shower on. I get the steam going to try and get him breathe again. And I just, I had to release my expectations back to the Lord and say, it doesn't matter whether it's eight weeks, nine weeks, ten weeks. My mom would say, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. If you have a newborn and you're not sleeping through the night, this too shall pass. They do sleep. I've been a mum now for 25 years. I survived and they survived. Hey, this is good news. 
My second son, Harrison, when he was born, uh, we had the luxury back in Australia of putting, staying five nights. It was like we had our own suite in the hospital. I think it's a little different here. <laughs> and we, uh, the kids, that I would take your babies into the nursery at night. And um, we, so that was so we could get rest, apparently. Well, on the first night, I was awoken to this loud, screaming baby. And I thought to myself, dear God, please don't let that be mine. Please. <laughs> And the door swings right open and in they wheel Harrison. I said, he needs to be fed. And it was the same every single night. It never changed. And then he was a reflux baby. Anybody had a reflux baby? Talk about the overwhelm when it comes to a reflux baby. And in Australia back then, we, don't, we weren't allowed to put them on their tummies. That was the, it, you know, it changes. It just changes. Sleep them on the back, put them on their stomach. Just do whatever, do whatever the Holy Spirit says, can I tell you? So... I didn't put him on his back, but he had reflux. And so he couldn't pull his little legs up to relieve the pain in his tummy. So we were sleeping like 20 minutes during the day. Who knows that is not a good scenario. (laughs) They're not getting enough rest. Mum's not getting enough rest. The overwhelm was huge. And then I had a friend come and she took him and then put him in the crib on his tummy. Right. So then his little legs, he could pull himself up and he could get some relief and some comfort. But then I'm like... Is he going to die? If he sleeps on his stomach, is he going to breathe? And I remember the first night going, I couldn't sleep. And I kept going near his crib going, Jesus, is he breathing? Is he still breathing? But he survived. He's now 22. He's alive. And we made it. We made it. But in the overwhelm, in the overwhelm, I want to share with you something this morning. In those moments of overwhelm, whatever season of mothering you're in, whatever season of parenting you're in together, we're going to take a little lesson, something that my mom uh, demonstrated to me, but we see it was something that King David did. In verse 1 of Psalm 61, it says here, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So the title of my message this morning is this, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? Pretty simple. (laughs) Pretty simple. See, the rock here symbolizes God's strength. It's his power. It's his limitless might. It's his unchanging stability. And in Psalm 61, you know, a higher rock can also mean bigger than where I'm currently standing. Lift me up higher to a higher place so that I can get a different perspective. Take me higher up where the enemy cannot get at me. And so David was, you know, he would often hide in the rocks from his enemies. He says, get me up higher, God. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I need a fresh, fresh perspective. I need to get up to see things differently in my world. You know, one of the things that I love about God's strength that is described here is his unchanging stability. And in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what that means for us this morning is that we know that our God is a consistent God. He doesn't change his mind. His word is his word. He is dependable yesterday, today, and forever. And he is not easily moved. He is a rock that you and I can draw strength from. He's a rock that's going to lift you higher than your circumstances. He's a rock that is going to bring strength to your circumstances right now. And I want to honor my mom because she brought an unchanging stability into my home. You know, I didn't like it all the time because, you know, my tears could not move her. (laughs) 
as a young girl, my manipulation could not make her shift. My crying or my pouncing could not make her shift from the things that mattered the most to her. I had a mom who was willing to be unpopular with her children for the things that she had a conviction about. And I want to tell you, mom, do not be persuaded. When we bring an unchanging stability into our homes, we we actually are bringing strength and allow our children to grow up strong. So I am thankful for a mom who was not easily moved. And some of those convictions that she had is that we were in church on Sunday, right? Every Sunday. It didn't help that my dad was the pastor, right? But we were in church. That's even worse. I got to listen to him preach at me on Sunday and then preach at me at home. But my mom, the dedication to the house of God was unshakable, unshakable. She was consistent. She served Nearly every single week that I can remember my mom. In fact, I, I called my mom on Thursday just to check in and, and with her and she couldn't talk to me. She's 78 this year and she was serving. She says, I'm too busy. I'll call you tomorrow. 78. Her church that she's involved in back in Australia has a community outreach and I could actually hear when she picked up the phone the, just the noise of lots of people there. But I know where my mum is. <laughs> I know where she's going. I know that we, my dad passed away through COVID. Where does she find her strength? Where is she going to reposition herself? She's going to come back into the house of God and She's not going to sit in the house of God. She's going to serve in the house of God because it brings healing into her life. And the friendships that she has unlocked through her serving have been an incredible strength to her. So my mum modelled serving to me, her love for God's house and her love for God's people. She taught me as a young mum that when I feel overwhelmed, go to the rock that is higher than I you know, when Richie and I got married, we were two, we were bringing together two families. So that's called the blended family. And, he, and I saw some hands raised when we talked about that. That is not an easy thing to do. I don't care what the books say. I don't care what the psychologists say. That's not an easy thing. And I know some people have a, more success than others. But, you know, one of the dynamics in a blended family is that you are you are hoping and you are believing that you will win the trust and the affection and the respect of the non-biological children. Because the biological lines, it's already there because you're their mom or you're their dad. But it's the other parent that is the one that, that has got a journey to bring that connection with that child. And he said something that was just so powerful, but so simple. He says, I'm just going to be consistent. I'm just going to show up. I'm just going to be consistent. I'm going to be the same no matter what is going on. And this is the consistency, the stability of the rock that we can go to in Jesus Christ. He is a God. He is a rock. He is stable. And, you know, I, I meant to dig them out, but, but our sons, my sons, have written their most beautiful uh, Father's Day messages to Richie. And we, we just sit there with our jaw open and just say, only God, only God could do what he has done. But, it, but the importance of stability is that it brings security. You know, and there's, there's security actually is like the second basic need of, of mankind. Our first is food. It comes out of food and water and clothing, sleep and shelter. And the second is safety and security. So your kids need to feel safe and they need to feel security because it unlocks the confidence that they need to grow up to be responsible young adults, right? 
And we would say at the time, we're raising, we're raising young men, we're raising husbands, we're raising fathers. You know, that was how we would look at it. It wasn't just these little kids, but we have got a responsibility to raise up responsible young adults. We thrive, all of us in this room thrive in a secure environment. And He is the rock. God is the rock that we can go to that brings security and strength when we're feeling overwhelmed. David says that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. His Word cannot return void, right? It cannot return void. All of God's promises are yes and amen. And those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. You know, parents, you need to know that your kids are picking up what you're putting down. And so it was what I saw in my mum. It's that, it's what I saw that I caught from her. And I see her touch all through the 25 years of my parenting journey. The subtleties, the little things, the strength that she brought, the convictions that she had, the unshaking uh, commitment to the house of the Lord is something that has been a great strength. So even when I went through a broken marriage, I was in the house of the Lord. I brought my brokenness into the house of the Lord. I said, God, you are the rock. (laughs) You're the rock that are higher than I. I am overwhelmed beyond overwhelmed, but I know that you're going to lift me up. And if that's a journey that you're on right now, God is a restorer. God is a restorer. And he has a plan and a purpose for you. I want to encourage you this morning. Mom, dad, wherever you are, God is at work in your circumstances. Secondly, Psalm uh, 61 describes God as a shelter and as a strong tower. You know, the rock speaks to his strength and power, more in his character. Shelter and tower describe a place or an environment, somewhere that David ran to. You know, I'm going to get shelter. I'm going into a strong tower. And I just want to speak into the safe place that you are creating, the shelter of your home for your children for a moment. Because David said he found shelter. He, he ran to the strong tower, which was a, a place of defense from the enemy, a place where he could run and be protected, a place in the shelter he could find food, he could find warmth, he could find strength. And we as moms and dads, but moms this morning because it's Mother's Day, we have a a beautiful opportunity to create a safe environment for for your children. And my mum did that in a few, three ways. One is through her words. Her words were always kind. They were gentle. They were truthful. There was correction, but it was in love. You know, I was trying to think, I don't ever, ever remember my mum flying off the handle. Truth. I don't know how she did it. She was emotionally stable. She already went to the rock to deal with her overwhelm so that when she had to deal with her kids, it was out of a place of strength. And so her words, I, never, I, never, I cannot recall my mom calling us names or, or even allowing that to exist within our home. My mom would constantly say, if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. If you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. And so she created this safe place for her kids to dwell. And I'm really super grateful for that. Secondly, she was trustworthy. You know, there's safety when we can, where there is trust, you know. So my mom was trustworthy. And one of the things that would overwhelm me as a, as a young girl, I could go to her about and, and know that it wasn't going to end up as conversation at the dinner table. You know, I think it's important 
that I can go and talk to her. And she's not now talking to all my siblings, my, my older brother and my younger sister about the things that are going on in my heart. She was, she was so trustworthy. And I know she went with dad and, they, and they, were, they were battling those things out with me. But she was a safe place. I never had to worry that I was a topic of conversation necessarily with her girlfriends, except I know that if it was, it was a point of prayer, not gossip. You know, she always wanted to lift me up. And I say that, so she was trustworthy. So I knew that I could go to her, even as a young adult, with the things that I needed to speak to her about. And thirdly, she brought safety in her home through her presence. And this looks different. This can look different for every one of us. But um, for my mum, it was a decision that she made during the primary school years of of my life is that she would always be home when I got home from school. And that can look different. You know, that could be, you know, having a trustworthy family member, a, a nanny or whatever it is. But there was always somebody there to greet us when we got home from school. And in that, she created a safe environment for us to be in. And I tell you, it just brought peace. It just brought safety. It just brought security into our home. And David says, for in, the, in Psalm 27, 5, he says, For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. You know, as parents, we have an opportunity to create that safe environment, that shelter, that strong tower that our kids can run into and know that mom and dad or mom has got us, right? Know, know that I'm safe. Know that I am secure in the same way that we can run to our Heavenly Father and we can go to the rock and we can come under that same shelter and that same protection that He brings into our life. And, in, uh, and thirdly, David says in verse 4, I will trust in the shelter of your wings. You know, throughout the Psalms, God's protection is described as wings. I'm going to just go through a, a few scriptures to, for you this morning. So Psalm 57, 1 says it's that, And in the shadow of your wings I will take refuge. Psalm 36, 7 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. And the children of men take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 17, 8, Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 63, 7 says, In the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. Psalm 91, 4 says, He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will take refuge. So I looked into one of the wings of God that Psalm 61 are talking about in the footnote of my Bible and it led me on a, a little bit of a uh, discovery about hens. It says it's the outstretched wings of a hen. So what are the, what is the outstretched wings of a hen talking about? And it actually talks about her, the mother hen. It's actually a battle stance. And it says here about the mother hen, so it says, in danger, if there are no chicks present, she'll flee, she'll run. She's not going to take on an unnecessary enemy. But if her chicks are present, it says here of a mother hen that she will stand her ground and fight it out beyond her strength. She would rather die for her chicks then seek safety for herself. She will stand at her ground. And you need to know that you have a heavenly father that will bring all of his strength to battle and fight for you and your circumstances and the situation that you are facing in your life. He's not a God that's going to flee. He's not a God that doesn't have enough strength. He's a God who's going to fight for you in every single circumstance. When you feel overwhelmed, David says, I can trust. I can trust in those wings. I can trust in the God who will fight for me. God will bring His full might and power against those who come against you. 
You know, we're in a battle for our kids right now. The enemy is after the purity of our children. The enemy is after the identity of our children. He's after the sexuality of our children. He's after the minds and hearts of our children. He's after their peace. He's after their souls. He's after their fruitfulness. He's after their prosperity. This is a time for us to flap our wings and fight. We are, this is a time for us to stand our ground and go where we have not gone before and fight beyond our strength because we have a Heavenly Father that we can draw from in every single season. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says, For the weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And God promises to us this morning in 1 John 4, 4, He says, Greater, greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. No matter what the media says, no matter what new mandates are coming down, no matter what policies, greater is He who is in you than he who is in the world. Isaiah 54, 17 says that no weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And it says that every tongue which rises against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, behold, I have given you authority. I've given you authority, parents. I've given you authority, mom, to trample on snakes and scorpions and over every power of the enemy. He says, nothing will harm you. Ephesians 6, 12 says, for we wrestle not. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I want to share a story with you about my son, Harrison, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against the principalities and against the powers of darkness, against the rulers of this age and in the heavenly places. We went through a season with Harrison in probably uh, 2018 and 19 where he was completely isolated. He, he was no trouble. Sometimes that's the worst. It wasn't obvious, you know, what was going on. There was no trouble, but there was a slow decline in any kind of connection to his heavenly father. And he, he was coming to church but he was not alive in Christ. He was a good kid. He would show up on a Sunday night, but more increasingly, he began to, on the drive home, began to criticise what was going on. Any of your parents hear that? Criticising the pastor, criticising the doctor and criticising everything that's going on. And I had to wait because my fight was not actually against him. And I'm really thankful that the Lord took me to a different place with him. And I, I began to recognise that there was a battle going on for the soul of my son. And I wasn't going to fight it in the flesh, but I was going to fight it in the spiritual realm where I have authority and where I know I'm going to win. You know, and while his questioning frustrated me and Richie and I would walk in after driving home for Sunday night and, and he would say, what happened? And I just like, he's driving me crazy. He was driving me crazy. But in church, right, in the house of God, when the worship is loud, I love, thank you so much for the worship team. And for, I love that our church has loud, loud worship because in that place, I was crying out to the Lord. In that place, I'm saying, devil, you cannot have my son. Devil, you got to come through this mama. This son is a child of God. And I would intercede and I would prophesy that he's going to be a man planted in the house of the Lord. And God gave me an opportunity through what, driving home from church yet again, the moment to strike came, right? <laughs> the moment to strike came. 
And we just were able to have a conversation where I said, I really, right now, I'm not interested in your opinion about that. What I'm mostly interested about, where is your walk with Jesus? Because right now, there's no evidence. You're coming to church, but you're not, in, you're not, you're not being the church. You're not serving anywhere. You're not, being, you're not connecting anywhere. You're not giving. You've got no Christian relationships in your life. You're just attending. I said, this mama is concerned for your heart. And uh, he, you know, I knew, I said to him, you're not even reading your Bible. You're not tithing because I can see your bank account. So <laughs> call it, right? And I said, what evidence is there that there's a living relationship with a personal God that wants to know you, right? And he said, he just says, you're right, mum, you're right. So he says, I'm going to start to read my Bible. And uh, he did, you know, coming into 2019, Harry, he said, I'm going to read it from Genesis to Revelation. I said, oh, you know, just start with John. You know, just take it a easy step. But no, he was going to do Genesis to Revelation. And so I get up in the morning and I walk our dog and he would text me saying, can I come for a walk with you? And he started asking questions about some of the miracles that were taking place in the early Genesis and Exodus and talking about Pharaoh and all the things that God was doing. And he had really, really genuine questions. And I turned and I said, are you reading your Bible? He said, I'm reading my Bible. And so then my prayer, right, my prayer changed and it was, God, please, I pray that He would encounter you. Let Him find Jesus in the Word. Let Him have an encounter with Jesus, His Saviour. And He came out, I remember I was standing in the kitchen, He came out with tears pouring down His face and He says, Mom, He says, Mom, I cannot believe that God has chosen me, that God loves me, that He died for me. And He was so broken and He just had this beautiful revelation of the love of the Father, the restoration of the Father, the desire that God had over His life. And it began, it just changed the direction of his life completely. At the end of 2019, he really thought he wanted to go to Bible college and he actually went up to Moody Bible College and started in January of 2020. So he's into his, well, he's a year and a half into Bible college, just completely changed. So mama, I want to tell you, your prayers are effective and your prayers are powerful. And we got to flap our wings. We got to flap our wings over our kids. When we sniff... When we get a sniff of the enemy, we got to fight. We got to fight. We got to press in in prayer. We've got to we got to go to the rock that is higher than I. We got to exercise the authority that we have in God. Now this morning at eight thirty, oh sorry, eight twenty-seven a.m. I'm driving to church. I get this text from Harrison, and he says, "Happy Mother's Day." He says, I'm so thankful God has given such a faithful mom who I can turn to in everything. Your spiritual leadership and prayers have always led me closer to God. I know I wouldn't be on the path I'm on if it wasn't for your prayers. I'm so thankful for you. I hope you have a great day. Flap your wings, stand your ground. Go to battle because our battle is not against the flesh and blood, but it's against the principalities and the powers of darkness. And we have seen victory in his life. We got some victories that we're right in the battling for with our other sons, you know, other adult boys. But I know because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever that what he has done in Harrison, he will do in all of our kids. And I want to encourage you this Mother's Day, whatever it is that has caused overwhelm in your own heart. Whatever it is that the, the season of mothering that you're in, that God is here to meet you this morning. And I'd just love to invite the ministry team to come. We want to pray with you. Why don't we just stand to our feet in this place? Is everybody good? Awesome. And maybe you're in this place this morning and you've been bought by your mother. Maybe you didn't even want to come here this morning. 
Maybe church is not a place that you visit often, but you're here and your Heavenly Father wants to connect with you this morning. He loves you and He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if that is you this morning, we would love to pray with you and introduce you to Jesus Christ and begin a new journey that will transform your life in the same way that it transformed my son Harrison. But I also just feel to lean this morning into the areas in our life that can cause overwhelm as mom. Maybe there's a new mom. Maybe it's a blended family. Maybe you're a single parent here. Maybe you're an empty nester and the circumstances that you're facing that you just need God to just come and, and just whisper and into your heart and just to bring strength and to get fresh perspective and to get fresh courage for the season that you're in. We would love to pray with you this Mother's Day and just know that God is here to meet with you and have an encounter with Him in a fresh way this morning. So if the ministry team would like to come and the worship team are going to come. And we just invite you this morning. If, that, if any of this has been something that you, has connected in with your heart, why don't you just step out of your seat, get prayer. Don't go home without receiving prayer this morning. Amen. Amen. Let me just pray. Father, I just thank you. For every person that is in this room this morning, we thank you for every family that is represented by a family member in this place this morning. God, we thank you that you are the rock that is higher than I, that we can go to, that we can find strength from, that we can draw comfort from, that we can get wisdom from, that we can have power from. So this morning, over every circumstance, Father, we lift up the overwhelm. We lift up our heart to you. And just like King David says, lead me to the rock. Father, we come to you this morning and we lay it at your feet. Father, as we lay it at Your feet, we thank You that You are exchanging, Lord, our anxiety, our anxious thoughts. You're exchanging our fears for Your peace, Lord, our fear for Your your strength, Lord God. In every season, we thank You that You are more than enough. In Jesus' Name, God, I pray You'd bless our moms. Bless our mothers in this house this morning. Lord, you love us. <laughs> you love us more than we ever realized. Thank you that you that you are here today to minister in power in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com. Or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.